for. Um, can you get your Bibles out? And you can open to Mark chapter 12, but we're going to be in uh, just a wide variety of verses today and definitely get something to take notes with. Do that at home as well. Remove any distractions. Let's dive into God's Word together. Um, just want to say thank you. Uh, just it, it's, been a, it's been a while since I, I preached, and you, you know uh, what our family has been uh, going through the last number of weeks when my my dad, who's watching right now, wave at Pastor Merrill if you don't mind. My dad, uh, love my dad, and he fell and broke his knee, but we're in a better place uh, with, with that because uh, he's now in physical therapy, working on strength and balance and all of those things. And so uh, God has been good to us in, in helping to heal his knee and take care of him. Uh, but it has been, uh, you know, really uh, my sister Jody and I and our responsibility taking care of him. And so I just really appreciate everybody that stepped in and, and helped, the, the staff who preached, friends who came in and preached, and and I'm um, just grateful for that. I am so grateful for our church family, too, because you have sent him so many cards. He now has two walls uh, filled with cards. So thank you for being so kind to him and reaching out. Uh, it, really does, it really does mean a lot. It's always an honor to open God's Word. I, you know, I was just thinking about it because it has been, been several weeks, and, and I, just, I was pondering it because it's like, why have I missed it so much? And the reason is because I, I love God's Word. You know, we wouldn't know God if He had not revealed Himself to us. Like, there's no way to just, like, search Him out and find Him. You know, most of the world is trying to figure God out. And here's the reality. He said, this is who I am. We don't have to wonder about God. We don't have to wonder what pleases Him or displeases Him. We don't have to wonder what, what, what the Almighty looks like. We, he tells us in His Word... This is who I am. And he loved you this much that he, he gave us his word. And Jesus gave himself for us. And, and so it is just a, it's just good to open God's word together. And so we're going to open God's word together today. I believe that God is calling us back, especially this summer as we talk about Jesus. He's calling us back to the basics of following Jesus. What is, what is the essence of following Jesus? Well, this week, the Chicago Bears start training camp. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Um, I, don't, uh, I have not a lot of high expectations this year, but I'm sure there are other fans of other teams that have very high expectations for their teams. There's something about going to that, that training camp and watching them do all their exercises and run the drills because they got to go back to the basics before they start the season. They've got to get strong in the basics before they get onto the gridiron. And so um, we have to do the same in our Christian life. Vince Lombardi uh, famously won training camp after the Packers had won the Super Bowl, uh, and they were riding pretty high coming, coming back into training camp, like, oh, we're going to do this again. But he realized they were missing the fundamentals. And so he's like, i got to start at the very beginning. And so Vince Lombardi stands before his team who had just won the championship and he holds up a football and he says, men, this is a football. We're going to start at the very beginning. I believe that uh, the very beginning of our faith with God is found in the great commandment in Mark chapter 12. The Holy Spirit was speaking, uh, Edgar was preaching and preaching on the great Good Samaritan, great message and, and part of that 
is at the beginning before talking about who is our neighbor. It's, it's reading the great commandment, and it just it's, it jumped out at me, and, and I felt like God's saying, that's, that's where I want you to go. And so Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 says this. These are words in red. This is Jesus speaking here. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. In the Message Bible, it says it this way, Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. Just a different way of saying the same thing. God is saying you need to love God with everything that you are. This is the greatest commandment. This is the first commandment. This is the central commandment. This is the first love that we're called to have. This is it. This is the essence of the beginning of our faith. It's life-defining. It's essential. You can't make excuses. You can't, you can't try to get out of it. This is it. No more games, nothing else, no one else. God comes first, and he comes first in your entire life. See, Jesus doesn't want just to be a part of your life. He wants to be your life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He gives us new life. He gives us abundant life. He gives us eternal life. That's what Jesus does for us. He says, I am life itself. And our relationship with him is, is to be one that grows throughout the years, just like a marriage relationship grows. The definition of marriage in the Bible is just two becoming one. It's a lifetime of relationship, two becoming one. And that's what Jesus is saying for you and me. I want you to, to become one. I want you to become one with me. I want to be in life with you. And so in marriage, we make a love, we make a vow, we make a commitment to the Lord. But we always have to be careful where we put our love, don't we? You got to be careful where your love is at. You, 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 gotta, you, you have to make sure your love doesn't stray away from your first love. And you've got to make sure that's the, the case with God. Your, your love can't stray away because, listen, your life will be defined by what you love. We had a, um, a funeral here yesterday, packed out, over 500 people, wall-to-wall, standing in the back. It was powerful. Uh, no, no one that went to this church, but a, a friend of the ministry and, and um, just a, a pastor in the area, and, and uh, his church wasn't big enough to hold the funeral, so they called and asked if they could do it here. We're like, absolutely, no problem. And all these people were there to honor him, a man who loved God and loved other people. His son got up and he said, I'm going to do the top 10 list of my dad's life. And he went through the top 10 things about his dad. And what I noticed is that son was talking, every single one of them was either about loving God or loving another person. And, and I want to tell you, you will be defined by what you love. I've had funerals that are beautiful like that. Where they talk about someone's love for God, love for their family, love for their friends. And I've also been at funerals where they talk about somebody's love of golf or cars or something else. And I want to tell you, the, the ones that are where it's like the love for God and love for others, those are the ones you want to shout, right? Because that person got it. That was the essence, right? Loving the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. And as I was diving deep in this, like, like what do I want to share about this? I, I felt the Holy Spirit stop me and say, there's something even more basic than that. 
that I was like, but this is it, right? This is the beginning, right, God? That, that we would love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And God's, God was speaking to me. He's like, no, there's something deeper. There's something at another level. And so I just began to meditate and wait on the, the Lord that there, there's something more foundational. What could it possibly be other than the great commandment? And as I was meditating, the Lord brought back a verse to me that I memorized as a little boy. It's actually one of the very first verses I ever memorized, 1 John 4, 19. It'll be on the screen. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. See, there's something deeper than your love for God. It's actually his love for you. I want you to think about that because that's where our focus should be. Sometimes when we focus on our love for God, what we end up doing is we think it's all about us. Well, i got to love God better and more and all these things. And God's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Get your eyes off yourself and look at me. I love you. I loved you from the beginning. I love you with an everlasting love. Their focus shouldn't be on our love for God, but his love for us. Write this down. You don't find God. He finds you. He finds you. He loved you first. There's no way to know him apart from his word, apart from his love. You didn't go searching for God and then find him someday. He was searching for you your whole life. Jesus said it this way in John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. That's powerful, right? He's speaking to his disciples here like, you didn't, you didn't come running after me. I came running after you. Write this down. God created you for a purpose. You are not a mistake. There is a good plan for your life. You say, well, I, I don't feel like that. I feel, man, I feel so far from God. I feel, you know, listen. God created you for a purpose and for a reason. He's got a plan. And, and I know there's some people out there, God didn't choose me. He could never love me. There's even some people in some churches that say, well, God created some people to go to heaven. He created some people to go to hell. And that is nowhere in the Bible. 1 Timothy 2.4, speaking of God, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? That's the heart of God. He's searching for everyone. I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal God to everyone that has breath. He desires all people to be saved. Peter said it this way. A day is as a thousand years. A thousand years is as a day. They were wondering, you know, is Jesus coming back? Why is he taking so long? And we might even be thinking that today. And Peter says, God's not slow in keeping his promise. He's not slow in coming back. He just wants everybody to know him. He's just waiting for everybody to hear about him. And, and, and that's the heart of God. He desires all of us to know him. If you don't believe me, just listen to Jesus' story after story after story that he tells. We call them parables. He would tell stories of, of a shepherd that would leave 99 sheep to go after the one. Jesus is always going after the one. He's going after everyone because he wants them to be with him. He wants to be in relationship with him every story about finding lost things. Every story reveals the heart of the Father. Can I give you some verses today? Psalm 100, verse 5. The Lord is good and His love endures forever. The most common refrain in all of the Old Testament over and over and over again. Not just in the Psalms, but throughout the Old Testament, the Lord is good 
And his love endures forever. He loves you forever. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we would be called children of God. And that's who we are. That God loves you so much He calls you His daughter. He calls you His son. He, he says, you belong to me. Romans, uh, I love this. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love. I had a pastor friend who somebody came in and, and said, I just I feel so far from God. I've run so far from God. And my pastor's friend said, where the heck did you go? And he didn't say heck. He's not spiritual like me. Uh, no, <laughs> where did you go? Like, you can't get away from God's love. See, when you get a hold of His amazing love for you, it will change your life forever. But we make two mistakes. Two mistakes. The first mistake is we try to earn God's love. Don't try to earn his love. You can't. You won't. You don't have to work hard to get God to love you. But how many people think that's how we do it? There are probably people even here today, you're thinking deep down, yeah, I kind of, I, don't I have to do something? <laughs> don't I have to be at least a little bit good? You know, this idea that I can earn God's love. Let me tell you, don't do it. Don't even try to, don't even start it's a losing strategy because you will never earn his love. It's just there. You try to earn it, you're doing it the wrong way. He just loves you already. And here's the real problem with thinking you have to earn God's love. If I have to earn his love, then I think other people have to earn his love. And what I'm doing then is I'm putting them in a losing place because they'll never earn his love. See, I've got to realize, you know what? God loves me in all my mistakes, in all my failures. He loves me. He's got me. And when I realized I'm loved, I can love other people. You know, I'm going to be a better witness when I realize, look, I'm loved and you're loved. You don't have to do something to, to be loved. You're already loved. So you've got to get that inside of you that you are loved. You don't have to earn his love. Don't try. Whenever you, anytime you get into a performance thing, just get on your knees, God, I'm sorry. I know that you love me. I know that I'm your son. I know that you, I'm your daughter. Don't try to earn his love. Get his love. And then Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. Then when I realize I've been loved, you're loved, listen, you can't give what you don't have. So if you don't have God's love, if you don't have that unconditional, you can't give it away. You got to receive it. It's just, it's just a gift. Second mistake that we make is, is listening to the lies of the enemy. From the, the garden in Genesis to today, the devils had one trick to try to convince us that God isn't good and that he doesn't love us. How many people today think, man, look at the world? God, God's not a good God when he says in his word that he's good. There's no way God could love me when in his word he says, I love you with an everlasting love. See, the devil's going to try to trick you to believe that God isn't good and that he doesn't love you. And please don't fall 
for the same old lie again and again and again. God tells us exactly who he is in his word. You know what's funny is somebody after, after church, we were, we were talking and praying and last night, and they, they said, you know what's so funny? I can get one negative word or one thought in my mind that comes from the enemy, and I just dwell on that. One word. I have thousands of words right here, and I'm thinking about the one in my head. This right here tells us that God is good and that He loves you forever. And we've got to get a hold of what God says in His Word. Don't listen to the enemy who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen to the one who gives you new, abundant, eternal life, right? John 10.10, it's so simple. The enemy, the thief, he's going to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to take you down. He's, again, the same trick over and over and over again, trying to get you to believe the lie. And here it's the truth right here. God is good. He loves you. He wants you to have a rich, satisfying, full, abundant life. And knowing his love for me opens me up to a whole new world, to a whole new life, to understand that God's love for me, there's something about it. Because then I really know who God is. I know his love. I know his, his plans for me are good. I just, I just I get to receive these things from God because he loves me and he loved me first. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That when I realize that God is good and that He loves me, then I can sing songs like we sang today. I, we can just, we can just the words will be on the screen, the, the idea that I love you, Lord, my strength. I love you, Lord, my shield. I love you, Lord, my rock. I love you, my God, forever, all my days. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing the great commandment and, and trying to get God to love me back. He's already loved me, and when he loves me, then my love flows back to him, right? Because I realize who he is. That's why David could write the Psalms to say, God, you're my strength, you're my shield, you're my rock. He could write those Psalms because he knew, even though he had fallen so many times, that God loved him, and God had good things for him, and God was taking care of him. He knew the love of God, the amazing love of God. I'm not a big tattoo guy. Um, I don't have the body for it. And I, if I would have got a Jesus fish at 25, it would be a whale today. So I, I, uh, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't, I don't do tattoos. But uh, I did get a tattoo. Um, Got a tattoo when I was 50 years old. Uh, Leslie uh, convinced me that I should get a tattoo. Um, and so I'll show you a picture of my tattoo. It'll be on the screen. It's a happy face on the palm of my hand. That's my big tattoo. You say, what in the world? You know, why would your wife, after 50 years old, just a couple of years ago, like, why would, seriously, you know? Um, you know, uh, but that's it. Because, and, and here's the reason why. For many, many years, I have been writing on my hand a happy face every morning when I get up. I don't know how many years I've been doing that. The reason is, is uh, also many years ago, 
I suffer from anxiety and depression that was so debilitating I could barely stand up even to preach God's word. It was completely overwhelming. And I had to go through a, a lot of time with God and counselors and different things to realize I was trying to earn God's love. I was trying to please other people. Wow. Something happened, something broke in me when I realized, you know what, God loves me even if I fell flat on my face. And he'd pick me up, dust me off, and say, let's do this again. Because he loves, I just, there was something about that I realized God loves me. In fact, when we do the blessing at the end of service, the, one of the lines is, may God smile on you. You know what that means when you, when you look at the Hebrew? It means that every time God looks at you, he smiles. We smile at our babies, don't we, when we look at them. We, we smile at our children. We, we, we smile when we look at our, and, and God's looking at me, his child. And he smiles. And I needed just to remind myself every morning that he's smiling. Now, it was really hard to find somebody to do this tattoo. It really was, because I would go to different places. I know it sounds silly, but tattoos on hands, uh, first of all, they hurt. Um, second of all, um, they don't last. Of all the skin on, on the body, um, you know, you wash your hands, it, it just, it, they just disappear after time because it just, the, the skin is replacing itself. So, so tattoos on the palm of hands, they just they don't last very long. And I said, well, that's not a problem because I don't wash my hands very much. And um, this was pre-COVID, right? So actually, it was just right before COVID. Little did I know, right? No. Um, and so, so a lot of guys and gals, they just like, yeah, we're not going to do it. And then I found a very seedy place that would take my money. And um, no, I'm just kidding. No, he was a super nice guy, and he's like, look, it's not going to last. And he goes, I'm, there's no guarantees with this thing. I'm like, I don't want to, I just, you know, God loves me with an everlasting love, and so this will be my tattoo just to remember that, that God loves me, and, and God will supernaturally make it last forever. I don't know what I was thinking. But so, so he, he did it, and sure enough, a month or two later, it's gone. It's gone. And then I realized in that moment that God didn't love me anymore. No, I'm just kidding. No I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. So I went back to writing it on my hand. And you know what? Um, and one morning, because I'm like, oh, I wish that would have stuck. I would have loved to have that, you know. And I felt the Lord speak to me as I'm running on one morning. He goes, he goes, I want you to write it every morning. I want you every morning, not just to have some, because like you can get a tattoo and forget that you have the tattoo. I want you to do it every morning to remember that I'm smiling when I look at you. I want you to remember every day that I love you. This is not just a one-time thing and like, oh yeah, I said a prayer, so God loves me, I'm good forever. No, every day I want you to know I'm smiling when I look at you. That's what he wants us to know. See, you know, I wrote the book Simple Bible, and I don't know how many people have told me what that book has meant to them, and I think it's the silliest little book in the entire world, because I literally just like wrote it just here and there on my days off, and I just put it together, and and you know the reason I wrote it is because my, my sons were witnessing to their friends, and their friends, you know, they say, Jesus loves you, he's got a plan for you. And how many people would say to me, no, God doesn't love me. I've made so many mistakes. There's just no way. And so what I did is I, I just, I actually started writing for them so they could do a Bible study with their friends. Just like every book of the Bible tells you from Genesis to Revelation that God loves you. And I took a verse from every book of the Bible and I just began to write, God says he loves you here and here and here and here. And it just, it just like this is God's heart 
for you. See, we wouldn't have this if God didn't give it to us. He says, I want you to know that I love you, that I've got you, and I love you first. It's what he wants us to know. And then when I realize how much God loved me, it makes me e- it just it's just easy to love him back, right? <laughs> he loves me, he knows all my faults, he knows all my failures, and he loves me. I can love him right back. I can say, God, I, I just <laughs> with all my heart, forever all my days, I will worship you. And and so that's the response. It doesn't start with me, it starts with him. And then when I Realize his love for me, it just makes it so easy to share with other people. I, I don't have to say, well, I don't know if they're good or bad. or It's like, no, God loves them too. And I share his love with everybody I meet. That's what we're called to do. That's the great commandment, right? Karl Barth um, was the, probably the most famous theologian from last century. And I know there's a lot of feelings about him and, and, and his theology and stuff. But what was interesting about him is he wrote... His, his magnum opus he spent his entire life to write was called Church Dogmatics. It, it's, it, there are so many volumes in this, it, it fills entire library shelves. There are 8,000 pages, small space, uh, small type, single space, 8,000. And um, there's over a million words uh, written over his lifetime explaining theology. And toward the end of his life, he was doing a, a tour speaking at different universities. He came to the, the um, uh, University of Chicago where he gave a lecture, and they opened it up for questions. And a student asked him, you've written you know, all these volumes, 8,000 pages, a million words. Can you condense it down into just one phrase? What is theology in just one phrase? And Karl Barth, the most renowned theologian that's probably written more than anyone else, stood, and this was his answer. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's it. Could have saved a million words. <laughs> a lifetime of work. Jesus loves me, this I know. Sometimes we got to get back to the basics. Before we start running... We just got to get a hold of God's love. Just bow your heads with me. Close your eyes just for a moment. Get a hold of God's love for you. Maybe you've been trying to earn his love. Maybe you've been trying really hard, like, okay, what do I have to do to get God to like me? Maybe you've been listening to the lies of the enemy that God's not good and, and he doesn't love you. Or, or what. Let's get rid of that. Get the focus off yourself. Get the focus on what God says. And God says, I love you first. I love you the best. We love him because he first loved us. Our lives should start with God and end with God. And we should walk with him all the days of our life, loving him and loving others. God, thank you today for your word. God, there's no other way we'd know you without your word. And, and so, um, so Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. 
Thank you for your great love, Lord, today. May that be the starting point. May that be our first love. May we be careful how and where we give our love away. I just, I want everyone in the room to know, everybody that's watching online, everybody that maybe is listening later, I just want you to know how much God loves you. The Bible says that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We are all like sheep who just ran in a different direction, did things our own way. And the Bible tells us that God loved us so much, he didn't want us just to run away from him He wanted us with him, and so that sin separates us from God. Yet God was not willing to live without you. And so God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for your sin and my sin, for all of our sin. We'll never be 100% good, but we can be 100% forgiven because of the love and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. He loves you today. He's calling you. All you need to do, he's just saying, look, accept my sacrifice for you. Accept my love for you. Stop running in a different direction. Stop doing things on your own. Jesus says, the only command he gives us is follow me. So it means I I turn from my sin and I just start following him. I go in his direction. And so today, I'm going to pray for you, but as I pray, just say, God, I'm giving you my life today. I I accept your work on the cross, your sacrifice on the cross for my sin. And and Jesus, I want to follow you. I don't want to do things my own way. I mess things up all the time, but God, you are good. Your love endures forever. God has loved you from the very beginning. He may have even brought you here to this moment so you could hear about his love whole plan for your life. I mean, it's still unfolding. God's got you, and he's taking good care of you. So just surrender to him today. Just say, God, I'm giving you my heart, giving you my life. Forgive my sin. Follow you all the days of my life. For those of us who know Jesus today, just, it's time to make that recommitment. God, I'm walking in your love. I'm following you. I'm going back to my first love. Jesus, today, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your salvation that is coming to people even now as I pray. God, thank you for the prodigal that's returning home. Thank you for those that are are making that new commitment, like, God, I'm following you. Lord, I pray that that would be then all of our hearts, God, that, that you love us so much and we can't help but love you back. May we know your extravagant love. May, Lord, forgive us for trying to earn it or listening to the enemy. God, just take that away from us. We just want to bask in your love. We want to know that you smile when you look at us. God, we want to know you today in a deeper way. We love you, God. Would you stand? And and we're just going to sing 
that song one more time, God, I look to you. And just hopefully it has some new meaning, some, some deeper meaning for us this morning as, as we get ready to receive the blessing of the Lord.